Sheku Lay here, and today we will dive into one of the most iconic photo shoots of Cycle 3, the Tarantula shoot. Yes, with my season 9 sis, Pheromone. We chat with Farrah about how she would have handled the PR lesson Tyra teaches them, as well as how Farrah would take being covered in diamonds and a tarantula. This episode is full of fierceness, so you are not going to want to miss this one. Are top model fans born or made? Hey, I'm Shea Coulee, and welcome to Wanna Be On Top, a podcast where I explore the cultural phenomenon that launched a thousand smizes. As always, I'm joined by insatiable power bottom and top model expert Maxwell Esposito. Hey, girl. So, Maxwell. I am in such a great mood today. I'm really, this is one of my favorite episodes. Like, what are we getting into? I mean, you, I mean, you already know I'm sliving for today. Today we are, have you, have you watched Paris? Are you sliving? I I I am sliving. I also have done the deed. It is, that's the, that's the Paris Hilton we need. We don't need her to do anything else besides buffoon in the kitchen. Yes. Well, I we I like cut you off because we were having a telepathic moment. But um, for the audience, what are you referring to? Paris Hilton's cooking show on Netflix, uh, Cooking with yes. Paris. Yes. yes. And we yes. are slaying and living, sliving, sliving, sliving in the yeah. kitchen. Um, <laughs> but we're back to top models. Sorry, I'm just sliv- <laughs> I just can't. I mean, look, the sliv- I gloves, mean, I'm slived ooh. out. Um, we, I mean, this podcast was birthed because we all love a cultural phenomenon, and I, I feel like we could be in the beginnings of something really great with sliving. Do you feel like sliving is going to be the next that's hot, or is sliving like fetch, and it's like just never going to happen? Um, I would definitely put it probably on the more fetch scale, unfortunately. I live for it. I bet I also, you know, like when you were saying... Um, You've changed. Wow. You've changed. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. It's cute to I mean, me, you but really, I don't know wow. if it's that's hot. I don't know if it's like that's hot, you know? As I'm someone who to... used to f- formally go by the name Pizza Hilton, it feels like, wow, like really treasonous for you to say you that, that sliving doesn't have the potential. <laughs> I publicly canceled Paris Hilton. I, de- I killed Pizza Hilton. It was a public affair. Um, but f- we've we've gone off the rail today already. Let's talk Top Model. Because you are right. Yes. This is a very, very iconic episode. We are going to talk yes. about the very... Oh, gosh. The Verigo Diamonds photo shoot, which is the one with the live tarantulas... It is the one that, like, we all were shaking and screaming about. Um, you know, cycle one, we got the diamonds photo shoot, and those girls were definitely not dripped in diamonds. We talked with Grant and Vanderbilt about how those girls were lacking diamonds. Yeah. So these girls were really wearing some stones and had to partner with some tarantulas. Yeah. You and know, it was truly it's like- iconic. It, it it really, really is. And I feel like one thing that we understand in America's Next Top Model is anytime you're going to get like a diamond or high-end jewelry shoot, don't think that it's just going to be that simple. Don't think that it's just going to be that easy and glamorous of a day. Like they're definitely going to throw some twists and turns at you. And I just think that this one is just so incredible because I feel like, you know... It is in this challenge, we really see what it means to model through it, you know? And uh, I just thought that I would bring in somebody who is, I just think that is incredible, someone who I knew understood this photo shoot and understands how iconic it is in ANTM history. So before we get into the nitty gritty, 
I want to welcome our very special guest. Joining us today is my season nine sister and my dead by daylight playing partner, the one, the only, the amazing pheromone oh hey guys hi Farah. thank you for joining us oh thank you so much for having me this is so exciting oh my gosh thank you so much for being here like look i know that you are a top model fan we've talked about it uh before and i just want to get like right into it i like this this photo shoot this episode is pretty iconic for 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 so many different reasons like one we do have this like incredible photo shoot that we remember but there's all there's also so many like optics that are at play in this episode that are really kind of like hmm hmm too so <laughs> um let's get really nostalgic really quick because we've been talking about cycle three of america's next top model we have to see where you're at on the top model expert scale do you want to play a little game Absolutely. I might be a little rusty because the show was like everything to me when I was in middle school and high school, like never missed a single episode. But at a certain point, I think it was like cycle 14 or something. I just didn't have the strength in me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) There was just so much disappointment and so much like secondhand trauma that you get from watching this show. (laughs) The secondhand trauma is really Yeah, it really really is the secondhand trauma that makes like, you know, people need to like have a moment where they tap out and take a breather. For Um, sure. (laughs) Okay. So America's Next Top Model Cycle 3 came out at the end of 2004. Okay. So I have to know, what is Baby Pheromone doing, watching, and wearing? Oh, my gosh. So I was definitely wearing some Abercrombie ripped jeans that were like $200. Fierce. Um yes. and a, a Abercrombie pop top collar <laughs> and some puka collars. One or two or three. I lived I lived in Houston, Texas. It was too hot. The the people that popped the two <laughs> collars were like, you know, the brave souls. <laughs> um, but also that was such an age where like I learned that being feminine and stuff was something that would get me tormented at school. So I was doing everything in my power to like suppress any kind of feminine energy and do anything I could to conform. So it, 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 that's very reminiscent of like the early 2000s, you know, like you can even see it in watching the show. Like people were fucking harsh. It really was survival of the fittest. It, there was bullying culture and, you know, every and, and nobody like celebrating things that were different or, or weird or whatever or anything but the norm was very common. So I was just out there trying to survive in like the fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> my sweet little baby jeans. In your in my yes. Abercrombie jeans. In your popped collar polo and your puka shell necklace. Um, were you wearing um thong flip-flops as well? See, you know, I always wanted to be that girl, but um I've never really liked feet, let alone my own. So <laughs> I think I was wearing like skater shoes, like DC um yes. vans. <laughs> It was like the, it was just a couple years before the onset of like the scene movement. So I was like slowly going from prep and then like skater, then like full on scene a few years later. So yeah, no, that seems like a a transition, um, a smooth transition from that, you know, earlier SoCal preppy kind of style into the more scene moment. It's funny because I watched so many kids, um, go through similar style transformations growing up too. Totally. Um, it was like clockwork. Yeah, MySpace I happened could, and it just pumped him out. MySpace Absolutely. was real. I couldn't really, obviously, like I just really wasn't featuring the like scene 
moment when it was really happening, even though that's like the way that so many of my friends dressed, I was really trying to be like overly sophisticated in high school. And I was just like, I'm so obsessed with like European fashion. And I was like, so <laughs> I was so about like blazers. Like I would wear like a blazer to school. Like I was like someone in Gossip Girl. You know what I'm you saying? Like, I was really <laughs> trying <laughs> to sell that fantasy of like being this like cosmopolitan teenager like I really was trying to work that top model <laughs> with a v-neck like a deep v-neck yeah a deep v-neck and a blazer skinny mm-hmm. jeans yeah because yeah. that's when skinny jeans were starting to pop and I would like actually sew them and take them in and then I would be wearing some like Steve Madden like ankle boots with like a pointed a messenger toe. Uh, it was like an almond toe not quite <laughs> pointed but like a little Oxford almond toe and Here then like a little messenger bag which like was so bad for my posture holy shit those things were like for high they school really books are. like a messenger bag really just weighs you down and girl let's your call it what it is a merce <laughs> <laughs> we wore our merces i feel like this is very like tumblr era vibes in my mind like uh messenger bag steve madden boot with maybe a chain on it, skinniest jeans in the world. Um, <laughs> I, I went to, I went through a point in high school where I I wore like button up dress shirts to school, like like I was yes. some twenty one year old going <laughs> yes. to a bar, making executive Same. decisions. Absolutely, <laughs> calling all the shots on my life. So you were ahead of your time. I actually love that. <laughs> I would love to see some photos of you in high school. I totally have to, like, find them. Um, uh, But speaking of high school, um, I was in high school when I was watching um, Cycle 3. Now, did you watch Cycle 3 when it was airing? Yes. Work. Now, who is your favorite contestant from this season? Oh, my gosh. I just would have to say Takara. I just... Yes. You know, like, I think... I think she was just so like untraditionally model-esque. And I think that, I think at the time she probably wasn't my favorite, but looking back on it, like I just see like such a wholesome, sweet girl that just was so willing to like adapt and Mm -hmm. make this dream happen. And was just so like thankful for the opportunity. And I just love when, you know, good opportunities come to good people. I just, Mm -hmm. I really am worried about what, I like. I'm, I just really hope that there wasn't like a period of time after she did the show where she went into a dark place because I just feel like this experience had to have been so like taxing on her spirit. Yeah, because I think like we both know what it's like to film a reality show and then kind of go back into the real world before anybody knows that anything has happened and you're just kind of like sitting there reflecting on the whole experience and she really had to withstand some like micro and macro aggressions from people just for the way that she looked, even though she was such a beautiful person inside and out. Like Takara just a killed it with charisma. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, we were talking uh, with Kinsey about this last week about living with the girls. And I, I, I'm curious, um, how do you think you would do in a house full of other models or if Drag Race kept us all in a place together? Um, it would be extremely excruciatingly stressful. <laughs> in fact, like w- watching the show, like just recently for this podcast and like getting re-familiarized with the format mm-hmm. really sent me so much flashbacks of watching this. And being like, you know, a kid and thinking that this would be such a cool experience. But now that I'm older and I'm looking back at that, I'm like, oh, fucking hell no. <laughs> hell fucking no. And, you know, I I have actually lived in a really crazy living situation where there was three drag queens, two strippers, and then a straight couple. And then a wow. random other person living in one apartment together. And <laughs> wow. um, so there was eight, there was eight of us in a wow. tiny four bedroom apartment. Each bedroom was like the size of a kitchen. Um, and there was no privacy. You, you like you had to it just literally felt like survival instincts had to kick in. And I'm like, God, like imagining that with a whole entire ass camera crew there at all times. Sounds oh. like a personal hell, like for real. <laughs> 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 
Right. Because, like, there was this piece of me, like, at first that was, like, thinking, like, okay, I've lived in tight quarters with girls before. Because, like, you know, we've done it. We've been on, like, tour buses together for, like, damn near 70 cities. And for me, those are some of, like, my fondest memories. However, like, none of that was, like, documented on camera. Even though, like, some of it would be fun. A lot of it's still, like, these really great private memories. And I feel like we wouldn't be able to, like, truly let our hair down and, like, be ourselves without thinking, oh, yes, this is all going to be on camera. Exactly. And, you know, even with us so, like, tightly packed on a tour bus... (laughs) We still weirdly did have some privacy. There was moments of privacy that we had. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like it was very like what happens in the tour bus stays in the tour bus kind of vibes. We were all like able to get to know (laughs) each other in like a, you know, intimate and unjudgmental environment. And um, I, I can't say that I would have probably the same fond memories of tour if they had decided like they had actually talked about having you know like a whole camera crew film the tour yeah that would have been just like wild no i i would have probably done great things for our career for sure because we were hysterical on tour (laughs) Um, yes (laughs) and the 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 fans would have really ate that shit up and loved us but at the Uh same time like we were already being so overworked it was nice to just not have another additional pressure on top of you know performing for sold out venues every night yes absolutely absolutely um well look let's take a quick break and when we come back let's get into this episode okay period (laughs) okay we'll be right back So, Farah, there are seven girls left in the top model house, and Tyra has definitely been putting them to the test. With half of the girls gone, the girls left in the house are starting to feel the pressure. Maxwell, what's going on this week in top model land? Okay, so this episode is kind of crazy. The girls get a visit from Rebecca Weinberg, Paul Wamat and Hampton Carney, and they are there to teach the girls about their image. Rebecca's a stylist, and Paul Boo. and Hampton, yeah. Paul and Hampton <laughs> work for a PR agency. Rebecca takes the girls Boo. into the <laughs> closet and helps them figure out style, and Paul and Hampton sit down and give the girls pointers on how to carry themselves and answering questions during an interview. This was nuts. I hated this. This experience was very, (laughs) very traumatizing. It was very psychologically, like, it was psychological gymnastics for real. Um, Like, I mean, like, we're okay, first of all, first of all, first of all, let's just start off with Rebecca Weinberg because it it feels so appropriate that her name is Rebecca because she truly is the onlyest Becky that I have ah! ever seen exhibiting the most Beckyish behavior. I first of all, I she her the the the, the evil like the, just the evil coming evil. out of her. The way that she She's tried to from her pores. oppress Yaya for literally just being a beautiful black woman. She was just all like, you know, you walk into a casting and the big hair. And I was like, first of all, that's her hair. That's the way that her hair grows out of her fucking head. So like you don't enjoy the fact that she's a black woman wearing her hair naturally. Okay, so that's when I first knew that we had a problem. Why'd you do that, Tyra? And then she's, like, reading Amanda. She tells Amanda that her shit is cheap. Amanda's like, but I'm poor. And she's like, well, you don't have to look it. And I'm like, girl, okay, first first and foremost, like... What do you expect for these girls to be wearing to their castings? Like, well, truly. here's my thing. Like, going off of that, it's like, 
the thing is with America's Next Top Model that I feel like is so like counterproductive in so many ways is that their whole shtick was like picking these like ordinary girls that had literally nothing and had no modeling experience and then put them on the Olympics of modeling. And it's like, you know, that's like if Drag Race decided to do a season or started to just make their whole show about baby queens. You know what I mean? It's like Uh you take these girls that have no money, that have no style, that have no like experience doing anything like this in their whole lives. They're not actual models. They're literally just a bunch of random girls that y'all like put in hair and makeup and torture to death. Um, And then it's like you're surprised when they're not like absolutely perfect every single week. It's like y'all literally it's like it's like picking a season of of filler queens and then just bullying them to death until you traumatize them and send them home. Yeah. It just, like, I feel like for me, like, as a viewer, this episode particularly was the first time that I started to feel like, ooh, this is cringy. Like, because I feel like, too, like, just first of all, going to this whole PR situation... Um, with Paul and Hampton and the way that they're basically trying to like micro aggress these like young women and tell them that they just need to like speak less, you know, as to like not look like a diva, you know, because they, they first of all call Eva Eva the diva and she's like kind of questioning them like why am I even the diva you know and they don't even know her you know that's just something that they heard so like she doesn't even have the opportunity to like make a first impression before they come in with already just like saying like oh yes you're a diva so how are we gonna combat that well like maybe you should talk less you know it's just like it was wild like Honestly, how do you think that you would have handled this criticism at, like, the age of, like, 21, 22? Somebody basically who doesn't know you coming in and making these, like, really abrasive snap judgments and just being like, yeah, this is how you need to fix yourself. Um, well, personally, I was I was barely 22 when I did season nine. So oh, I kind of, I kind of don't know, but like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like season nine was kind of easy in terms compared to this. Like, oh, Mika quiet. Sorry, y'all. That's my little, my little angel. Oh, um, yes. Everybody. Farah is the mother to a lovely, lovely all black Pomeranian named Mika. So, you know, um, moms have to work too. Working mother, you know? Yeah. Totally, you know, a single mom who works two jobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so as I was saying, I did Drag Race at 22, and, you know, we were kind of lucky with season nine. Like, they weren't too overly harsh with us. I think Mm-mm. we had been on right after, like, a really harshly judged couple of seasons, and, um, you know, the fans had kind of expressed that they didn't want that, I think, and... Um, but yeah, I mean, it was hard, but like, you know, we also had to do a lot more than these girls. Like we had to do everything ourselves and, Mm -hmm. um, these girls really just had to show up, you know, Yeah. not to say that modeling's easy, but not having to do hair, makeup and costume design and like, you know, not having to do everything, but then also that, you know, they have the added stress of living in a house, all the girls. So their situation way more stressful. Yeah, there's definitely, I feel like there's definitely the pressure because they are coming in specifically as the talent, you know? And we we understand what that pressure is to be the talent and have to show up and perform and deliver. But with Drag Race, in addition to that, we also have to be the production team, the glam team. We have to write the scripts. We have to write the jokes. You know, we have to choreograph the dances as well as do our own hair and makeup and styling on top of that, you know? Yeah. So it's definitely, it definitely is is a lot but i feel like because on drag race there is so much more that we do do um when we are critiqued i feel like a lot of times we do get a lot more credit and respect whereas i feel like some of sometimes these girls you know were just 
torn apart. They were literally torn apart. The, the critiques that these girls got, like about their bodies, about Ooh. like like not being able, like that roles are hanging out or whatever, like those kinds of things would have completely broke me as a 22 year old. Like when I was 22, I was I had already been through so much in my life that had really humbled me in so many ways, and um, you know, an experience like that would have left me with an extreme eating disorder, extreme depression. Um, you know, I, but yeah. you know, it would have probably made me a stronger person in the long run, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully I mean, these girls def- are okay. I definitely think yes. that could have been like constructive criticism. Whereas I definitely yeah. think that those people were hired and brought in to bring those girls down a peg or two. I want to switch gears here and talk about this moment that I, okay, watching it. I thought this was so funny because it, it I, I love pranks i love practical jokes so there's this moment in the episode um where ann eva and nicole decide that after dinner they're going to pull a prank on the rest of the girls pretending that they received a tyra mail and that they all needed to pack their bags in 20 minutes because they're headed to europe and (laughs) (laughs) i literally i don't know i thought it was so funny um but then like you know, Yaya felt that it was, like, an immature prank. You know, she, like, said in this moment, like, I didn't know that I was going to be coming here or, and it was going to be just, like, junior high. Um, but I don't know. Like, I thought I, I, that would have given me a good laugh because I do love to see people slightly panic. But see, what I've gathered from Yaya is that she seems to be, like, the only, like, truly professional person that takes herself as seriously as she needed to take herself in a competition setting like this Mm -hmm. and you know like it's i know i can also understand she's probably feeling really frustrated because she's getting ripped apart by the judges for being herself and being and sticking up herself and not letting them yeah you know and then like on top of all that she's probably feeling so much anxiety and then all of a sudden like this little prank happens and everyone's screaming and laughing and like being loud and annoying and like I know, like, personally, if I was stuck in a house with these bitches, I, I don't, I, late at night, let's keep it quiet. <laughs> you know, we've, we've had a long day of cameras in our face. Like, I want to unwind, put my skincare on, you know, get centered and balanced for the next day of trauma I'm going to have to endure. I mean, and but, you know, was, was older than the other, you know, older. She was 22, whereas, like, Eva and Anne, oh I think, gosh. were, like, 20, 19 and 20. I think they were, like, yeah, 19 and 20. Teenagers. But, like, oh, my I God. I know, teenagers. Yeah. I still Babies. look at them and think they're adults. I still, I mean, even watching it back today, I was like, those are, are grown women. And they are. They are. They're well, I was women, watching but... it. I was watching it, and I was like, oh, my God, they're babies. Like, they're literally like doing something so big at such a young age. I was just like, I, I just always think back to like how I watched myself when I was on season nine. I'm like, oh my God, that was a baby. Right. And I mean, I was uh, 27 when we did season nine. And I look back at that and I think, oh my gosh, wow, what a baby. Right. Because we just grow so much so quickly in our 20s. We, You really do, you know. I also um, watched anyone the other day here. and thought you were a baby touche. It came on after I watched All Stars and it was like your <laughs> yeah. face came up. I was like, it's like that is a child. Child cool. That is oh. a child. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, baby. Child, show, baby. child Shay. Yes. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Every time I look back at season nine and look at Farah, I'm like, that is a child. That is a little baby. <laughs> One hundred percent. And then, oh my God! Remember, I was like the young one for being born in ninety three, and now like, <laughs> and now there's kids on TikTok saying that like I would be old. I can't. Excuse do. me. Oh my <laughs> God! <laughs> How fast things change. Where did the um, Where did the years go? Like, I feel like I was just twenty two, and now I'm like creeping up on thirty, and I'm like. Whoa. Pandemic. I'm excited though. God damn the twenties! Like, I don't, are we you know what? To- you're th- you're uh, no, absolutely. Um, your thirties are fantastic. I really do enjoy. But it, I feel like there's this weird shift where you stop feeling young. You start to notice, oh my god, I'm getting older. 
where it was just all like in your 20s you're like yes getting older yes i'm getting older like work like and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden everybody else that's not 30 feels so much younger to you and you're like oh what and i and i could not shake that i was like this is such a silly way to feel but that is definitely the way that i felt when i turned 30 i'm already feeling that at at almost 28 years old like i can't stand being around 21 year olds they're they're so scary to me um even worse so 18 year olds terrify me i feel like they are the gen z is just scary in general like i feel like they really feel like they just like own everything in the world um and it's like y'all are literal like children and you're not cool <laughs> you're doing all the shit that's already been done and thinking that you're fierce like bye but then i'm like is that the way that people felt about us as millennials is that also 100 you look all, at the younger gen- <laughs> all a cycle and um, you're like uh Okay, so yes, hopping back into it. So the girls go in the um, basic Becky again at Century 21 for their mini challenge the next day. And the girls are asked to go shopping for a look for a surprise red carpet event where they will be interviewed for U.S. Weekly by Sarah Pryor. Of course, being a challenge, Sarah is there only to ask the girls questions that, of course, will get them into some trouble. So, Farah. How do you think you would handle this challenge? Are well, you I want to go public- back to them having to shop for the looks. Yes. Because as somebody that has, you know, gone through my first, like, thicker stage in my life, like, where, you know, I'm, like, 200 pounds now. I was, like, 130 pounds on season nine. So, like, that's a big difference. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I have learned is that, especially shopping like designer clothes, even if it's one of those stores that just sells like the cheap discounted designer clothes after they didn't sell or whatever. Like I get what I'm assuming Rue 21 is. I've never been there. Mm -hmm. Um, Century 21. I feel like Takara was already at a disadvantage, especially in 2004 being just anywhere, any amount thicker than the other girls. Designers did not, high end designers did not make clothes for that body type. Top model facts. No, and they were I not felt, catering to her. I felt so bad how how even though like even Tyra had told her at the beginning of the episode, like, you know, you have to work just as hard because being a plus size model now is like being a black model 40 years ago. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there should have been some lenience in some way because I just know 15 minutes to find something that fits you. And that's all designer when you're plus size. Like yeah. in 2004. Like, yeah. They, Mama. That is, like, I'm just telling you, like, I've gone shopping a few times in the last year to just get some things off the rack, um, especially women's clothing. And it is so difficult to find something that even just fits me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. whereas I, I grew up my whole life being able to fit into everything. So mm-hmm. I just want to give Takara some props because she still managed to find, um, what was it? Um uh, she mispronounced it on the red carpet. Uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier. Jean-Paul Gaultier. She still managed to find that that fit. And um, and she kept such a good attitude about it because I just know I would have had a fucking meltdown in that store. <laughs> yeah. And probably and she, cried. Right? Oh, gosh. But you know what? Yes. Shout out to Takara for being a true gem. Mm-hmm. just such a good sport and just happy to uh-huh. be there and just like no matter what's thrown at her always keeping a good attitude like she's too precious and pure for this world like i just uh i just love her but um as for how i would do in this challenge i it seems easy enough you know what i mean like red carpet don't talk shit about right. anybody be yeah. gracious and then know how to say your designer's name um however we come from backgrounds where we we're kind of obsessed with fashion and stuff these uh-huh. girls, like I said earlier, like are just some random girls that they picked that had no modeling experience whatsoever. And I felt like it was kind of um, sad that, um, again, Takara got in trouble for not being able to pronounce the designer, which she probably didn't even know about that designer yeah. until then. Because yeah. I don't, I'm shocked that they, there was even something that she could fit into. Right. 
And I mean, most people in this situation, in these types of red carpet situations, would have a stylist that would at least tell them the designer's name before they walked out there. Oh, yeah. None of these girls are dressing themselves. The only people that dress themselves for a red carpet is drag queens. (laughs) (laughs) And we'd be designing the outfit, too. Yes. <laughs> yes, what ma'am. About, what about Narelle being Gossip Girl and name dropping at... Um... Oh, my God. It's so <laughs> Narelle, and I love her. That, like, She's when that everything happened, to it me. didn't surprise me at all. I was like, this tracks. And she was so oh, cute Oh, and she it. was like, Yaya's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, damn. They were like, uh, shit. Sis. I got flashbacks. I like I after this episode, I had to think back of every red carpet I ever did and be like, have I ever said anything nasty on a red carpet? Especially during like our promos for All Stars in season nine. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I don't think so. Yeah, no. Hopefully. I, um, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm watching her ever... go in like that, I realized how truly cringe it is. <laughs> it's you. It's just all like, ooh, girl. Uh don't you have something coming up that you want to talk about instead? Speaking about things that are coming up, we actually have a break. So we are going to take that. And then when we come back, we will get into this panel because this panel is truly one for the books. We'll be right back. Right, we are still chatting with my sis Farah Moan, and we have a wild photo shoot and a messy panel to get through. Maxwell, what's the tea in the top model house right now? So, after the PR challenge, the girls get a Tyra mail that reads, Tomorrow you will be draped in the finest silks in the world. Be ready to leave at eight in the morning. Then the girls head off to the studio and meet Mr. J. And Mr. J lets the girls know that they will be doing a beauty shot with diamonds. All right. So after the girls arrive at the shoot, the girls are getting ready. And Mr. J pulls the girls aside and tells them that they are going to be posing with someone else. And they find out that they will be shooting with a tarantula. So... First Fierce. of all, literally, yes. literally changed the game. I swear, after this episode, every girl in the world wanted to do a photo shoot with a tarantula. <laughs> yes. Do y'all remember that era of like? Every... Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, People I felt like my it lasted didn't for have decades. Access to tarantulas, but um, yeah. yes. I mean, in theory, I think all my girlfriends and I did want to tarantula. And my like, oh sorry, a lot of us we just like copied that Eva. Um, exactly. Yep. You know, just like peeking yeah. through the fingers, like, uh, like fashion headache. Like that kind of was like very much so what I saw a lot of girls doing on their um, MySpace profile pics. Yeah, I was um, just gonna say it was like that. That pose pioneered MySpace. I feel like every <laughs> girl on MySpace was like with their hands covering their face a little bit, just uh-huh. like that. It was like everyone's <laughs> profile pic. Especially if someone got, like, a fresh new manicure, they were like, oh. I was in a desktop publishing class in middle school, and we were learning how to use Photoshop 7, Adobe 7, and which is, like, you know, <laughs> the old, like, old. Yeah, girl, for sure. Wow, public wow. school in Texas is really wild. Rich. My mom actually moved to the area of Houston I lived in because the school was really highly rated. So we did, we had like a lot of really cool things we did in school, but we had to do we had to when we were learning Photoshop, we had to um do, we had to impose ourselves with an animal. And when I tell you, so many of the <laughs> girls put the little put a tarantula on their face. Um, it, <laughs> it, it it was long lasting. Top model facts like the the tarantula effect. Like um, oh, and don't even get me started when a couple seasons later they had the bedazzled cockroaches. Oh my god! Absolutely <laughs> loves the bedazzled cockroaches. That was the a Madagascar hissing cockroach. And Gina. yes, Gina. Gina. I would have been Gina. <laughs> uh, I begged my mom to order me one of those hundred fifty dollars cockroaches. Top. <laughs> she mom. would not. Would not. 
I I wouldn't either. I wouldn't I be wouldn't ordering either. my kid a one hundred and fifty dollar cockroach. Especially if we're living in Texas, I'd be like, go outside and go collect a fucking cockroach if you want with that bad. <laughs> and I'll give you one hundred and fifty dollars to go and play outdoors for a day and collect a cockroach. Those motherfuckers didn't like the humidity and heat, so they were coming inside, honey. So even better. <laughs> we are going to that basement. Some- Find 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 a cockroach down there. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> but no, the the tarantula is so fierce. This is one of the photo shoots that people have talked about for decades. I mean, honestly, and I one of the things that I like love about when they bring out the tarantula. First of all, you could tell that they were trying to pull a fast one because like Nicole was the first girl up to shoot, and she was already like seated at the stool. You know, and they kind of bring the little tarantula handler just, like, right up from behind her, like, next to her. Like, as soon as Jay is, like, you'll be posing with somebody else. And I was like, oh, like, y'all were really trying to freak homegirl out. Did y'all but see then, the web, like, coming out of its butt when they used to oh, get on absolutely. the car? Oh, And I'm like, silks. but are, are they the finest silks? <laughs> is tarantula silk the finest? Like, I'm going to need somebody to fact check that. Because um, Ooh, I don't our know. listeners are really good at that. Somebody sent me a link they, to what the abbreviation of all the airports meant. We'll have to talk about it after on break one day. Oh but my I, god! I have I all the abbreviations wait. for why the airports yes. are that way. But um, I yeah, love let it. us know about those fine silks because I was really curious yes. too. I was curious too, and um, I live for Eva. Um, asking, she's like, "Are we posing with her or the spider?" <laughs> <laughs> well, they it, referred to the spider as a person. They literally right. Said, they said someone. Um, so yes, when you say which someone, is so funny to me. You would assume that would be like another sentient being. So she well, probably spiders ain't sentient. <laughs> you know what? I saw Damn. Charlotte's Web. <laughs> <laughs> Cheer and Charlotte was a deep bitch. Um, do you think like okay? Would you have would you have enjoyed this photo shoot? Would you have done this? Um, I want to hear Maxwell's take first. Yes, Maxwell. Oh no 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 no! No? I do not like ladybugs. I don't like fruit flies. I would not let a spider sit on my face. Not with diamonds on my ears. I don't. I don't like. I don't like ladybugs or fruit flies either but i don't want them on me at all but i don't want bugs on aren't me. like ladybugs aren't like we're not really getting ladybugs right we're getting more of those like orange um japanese beetles I don't, yes. I, don't rem- I feel like i haven't seen a ladybug since i was like a child True. like an actual red ladybug okay well you know, i 100% like would do this i would do a roller I watched the roly-poly give birth and I still have like flashbacks from it. It was disgusting. That's what we look up on our break. I know. I can't wait to see that content. (laughs) They get on their backs and the babies just crawl out of their stomach. It's (laughs) disturbing. Can you say say legendary? Um... But no, I, you would do it. You would do this photo shoot. Absolutely. I mean, I'm so weird. Like, I would not want to touch a spider. Like, um, let's say, like in my house while I'm alone. But something that, like, I guess it's just the entertainer in me. But like, as soon as there's cameras and stuff involved, I will literally do anything. Like, and I will <laughs> get so into it. Um, okay. I um I would, would totally do it. I actually um I. I realized this the other day, you know, um, that I haven't killed a spider in, like, I feel like over a year. Like, there was this big-ass spider in my apartment just the other day, and I still will stop what I'm doing and, like, get a glass and then, like, get a piece of paper and then take that little spider outside and then set it free. Did I ever tell you about my, like, nest of black widows when I lived in Vegas? Uh, Yes, but let's tell the listeners. (laughs) Okay, listeners. So, um, for a while when I was in Vegas, I was living in a house. And um, every night that I would, like, go and sit on my back 
patio, like all of a sudden, like these fucking crickets would show up. And like, I'm more scared of crickets for some reason than spiders. And it doesn't make any sense. I just have a grasshopper phobia. Anything that can jump like that, I just can't handle. Yeah, like, I would, they're wild. If, if this was a giant um, grasshopper, I don't know if I could do it. But for <laughs> some reason, a giant spider, I'm like, game. But so I s- noticed that like outside there was these like around the perimeter of the house, there's these like spider nests of, of black widows. And I decided to just do an experiment. I was like, you know what? They're not bothering me. They're not coming in the house. And the more that I let them just live, the less and less crickets I would step on. Like when I was outside barefoot, like, um, which is so traumatizing. If you don't like crickets and you're accidentally stepping on them (sighs) barefoot, it's just nothing can compare to the terror. Um, And so I let those black widows just flourish and live. And um, I had no more crickets in my backyard and I was fully okay with letting them live their lives. And until I had a pool party in my backyard where I brought, um, I invited uh, Coco Montrese, Derek Berry. Um, uh, ooh, who else was there? Um, the stars at a fair. Oh, Kahana Montrese. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, all the Vegas girls came over. And so I, me and Kahana, before they came, we were out there with the broom. Just We had to get rid of all the spiders' nests because I was not ready for them to like freak out about it. <laughs> and it really hurt me to do that it was really sad like i felt like they were my little protectors spiders are great <laughs> you know they really do protect so you know ultimately i feel like you should embrace having the opportunity to do a photo shoot with such a magnificent creature like a tarantula and these photos these photos are so good Okay, so yes, and let's get into these photos, okay? So the girls have paneled that night, and they are tested on their style and the shoot with the tarantula. Okay, so for their test, they are given five options, a leather biker hat, a tiara, a black lace veil, a cowboy hat, and an <clears throat> African print hat. The girls are asked to choose um, one of the hats, and then they're asked why they chose it, and are critiqued on their diamonds on their diamond ads as well. So the critiques from the judges in this episode are nothing short of fascinating. So I'm really excited to see what you think of these, Farah. So let's talk about Nicole first. So during the photo shoot, Nicole did really well. Mr. J said that this is the best that she's done, that 50% of her photos were usable, and that's really great for even a chop uh, working model. And <laughs> at panel, Nicole chose the leather biker hat and the tiara. <laughs> Farrah's already like, bye girl. <laughs> Literally, ju- bye girl. <laughs> so the judges say that her look is too fantasy and not enough fashion. And uh, the judges are blown what away fantasy? by her. I mean, <laughs> right. They don't know what it is to live a fantasy. Like, look, you're like, even realness is a fantasy. Okay. Like, and I feel like a little tiara on top of that biker hat. I thought it was cute. I remember thinking that it's so it was cute then. Yeah, very Heatherette. They had, like, already done a little Heatherette show earlier this season. Like, girl, it was very of the time. Totally. Get with it. Her little studded collar. And then, like, uh, anyway, they loved her photo. They said think- that she... Go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Um, They said that she had fully transformed in this and that she can truly do a beauty photograph okay so i don't know if i'm just a little bit biased because i personally did not like nicole's attitude i thought she was i thought she if anyone was to be called a diva like i felt like she was kind of a diva is that do y'all feel that or no i felt like she kind of had some microaggressions towards eva saying like that she's not top model material because she's terrified of a spider like Girl, everyone's scared of spiders. Like, I feel like that was a little bit more of, you know how whenever we do an interview and you have to do your little sound bite about a girl. Totally. Because I feel like for story-wise, this was like Eva's week of being like vulnerable. Um, so I feel like they were definitely trying to get that out of the Praying girls for their interviews. Yeah. Um, but I never really, I, I honestly felt that she was one of the more chill girls um, of the season three dolls. I just, I feel like it's so hard for me to judge these challenges because 
the girls are basically at the mercy of their beauty squad. They don't get to pick their makeup. They don't get to pick their hair. Like they basically are given some cards and they have to play them. And there's no like, there's no real way. Like her cut crease is probably the best makeup out of all of the girls. Like she got a real, she got really lucky with her glam. Um, As for her photo, I feel like, you know, the whole point was to sell the rings and you can barely see the ring. You're more so looking at her, you know, smoldering eyes, which is gorgeous, and her skin and stuff. But, like, the ring is the last thing I look at on this photo. I'm not thinking, oh, my God, where's the ring from? Yeah, I'm thinking, like, ooh, let me buy these diamonds. Right, which is what they critique so many other girls on in their photos, which I just uh-huh. felt like was condescending, like, or, not condescending, what am I saying? Um, Counterproductive? Uh, um, yes, it was just, like, hypocritical, I guess. Um, there you go. You know, like, there was a little favoritism there for whatever reason. And I feel like, you know, if she was like really like model, 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 then I feel like the look with the like, you know, leather hat and stuff would have gave more of that vibe. I don't know. I don't know. She's not my fave. The picture is gorgeous, though. We can't say it's not. Okay. And I'm just thinking about this now. Like, imagine her hair if they would have like fully just slicked it back. Oh my God. It would have definitely brought more attention to the ring, I feel. Absolutely. In a weird way. Right? Right? And Absolutely. Probably more attention these... to the brooch, the spider brooch uh-huh. in her hair, too. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely. totally agree. Um, okay. So let's move on. Next, we have our girl Eva, who on set was deathly afraid of the spider. You know, she cried. During the photo shoot, Mr. J was really shocked because he thought that she could have gone home for this. And during panel, Eva chose the motorcycle hat and paired it with a sports jacket that she wore during casting. And she said that she chose it because it's edgy. But Nigel thought that she looked cheap. And Becky said (laughs) that she looked like a go-go dancer on her way home. And I'm like, I don't so even know why that's a bad thing because I was like, I know the, I know this person. But anyway, well, the, the, just the open judges... up the TikTok app. Every kid that's 20 years old right now is wearing, is wanting to dress exactly in what Eva wore. I know. Like her, her right. outfit is like the epitome of early 2000s. <laughs> like, um. It was sexy. I thought she looked yeah. good in it. I don't know. Maybe. Same. Same. And I'm looking back at it now. I like watched it now and I was like, uh, this is a hot outfit. Like, I don't know what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> Literally so hot. Like, <laughs> and now the judges were absolutely blown away by her photo. Um, Nole says that she nailed it um, because he wants to know where those rings came from. And I remember printing this out off the Top Model website and putting it up in my locker, like, the very next day at school. Like, for me, this is one of the most iconic Top Model shots of all time. I was going to ask you that today. This was printed on your dad's printer and um, put in the locker on the mural. Absolutely. I knew it. Uh Deep in my Mm -hmm. soul. (laughs) Yeah. This photo is the photo that's ingrained in any top model fan's mind when you bring up the tarantula shoot. Like it yeah. transcended space and time. It, it, it everything about it was just so perfect. She's so beautiful. The rings out of all the other photos, the rings really are the most visible and the most beautiful and the most impressive. Like uh-huh. you know, but like you know what's so weird is that like the, you don't get to see the whole like line of photos but so like I feel bad for the other girls because it's like it could have been just so easy for them to like just pick a bad photo of them because mm-hmm. everything's so subjective I don't know but like Eva's photo the makeup the freaking bottom eyelashes in the I outer know. corner mm-hmm. it's good chef's kiss yes that very just kind of downturned moody lash it's gorgeous that nose, I feel, is uh-huh. like a nose that people spend twenty five thousand dollars on. <laughs> yeah, for real. And she was that born beautiful with that. little upturned nose, like gorge. Uh, Love it. So 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 beautiful. Okay, so moving on, we have Amanda. Now at the shoot, Amanda seemed to struggle with this one. And Mr. J said that she looked a little bit too commercial and he questioned if Amanda could really do 
beauty. So during panel, Amanda chooses the black veil and styles it with jeans and this black kind of like dolman sleeve blouse moment. Tyra loves it. Um, She says that it's a good contrast and that head to toe, it's perfection. However, the judges don't love her photo so much. They thought that it was an ancient beauty school, but not in a good way. I disagree. Um, I think that they were just being unreasonably hard on her. It's like they almost felt like they had to just be hard on someone. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I I probably agreed with them when I was first watching this. But, like, this is a gorgeous photo. Her eyes look uh, unreal. Like, they literally, those bottom lashes are Mm -hmm. insane. The bushy soap brow that they did is actually so popular right now in makeup. Mm -hmm. Like, it's ahead of its Mm -hmm. time. The ring is a little bit not as visible. And it's not as relaxed and gorgeous as a pose as Eva's with the peeking through the eye. But, Uh um... I think it's stunning and I don't have any complaints about it. I think that there's worse photos here. Well, you see, here's the thing. Um, when I was listening to your compliments, your compliments were all about her glam. None of them were really about her. In the <laughs> so maybe you do agree with your past self. <laughs> because like, you know, there is something that's not projecting through in this photo for me. And I can see the the critique like she's a little bit flat in this image and amanda is such like a beautiful young woman and also but you know what one thing that i would say that i would give a critique on for the glam and maybe it's because this is an early 2000s thing but for these diamonds and for the like look and the way that it's styled i would have loved an oval nail top model fact yeah they really gave her like witch nails like halloween yeah. nails yeah so I mean, yeah. Next up, we have Yaya. At the shoot, the photographer loved working with her. However, Mr. J wanted her to push it a little bit more. And during panel, Yaya chose the cowboy hat because it was simple and she felt like she could express herself more with accessories. Nigel was surprised that she didn't pick the African hat, and both Nole and Becky give Yaya some very unfavorable feedback, which causes Yaya to get very defensive, which is when Tyra tells her that it is an attractive quality to have when it comes to the photo. It's a 10. I'm sorry. I'm rambling. So Tyra tells her that it is a very unattractive quality to have. When it comes to the photo, it's a 10. Janice screams, that's selling jewelry. And then Tyra tells her that her look is aspirational and not everyone can look like that. Thank you, Mika. Um, Period. (laughs) Period. Okay, so this whole moment for me, and I think for anybody with sense, it's just like really, truly uncomfortable to watch. And... I am it looking was a back trap. at it, it was it really trap. was a trap because you she know was what? damned if she did and damned if she didn't. Absolutely. And they and the way that they tried to bait her, well not try, the way that they baited her by being like, why didn't you pick the African hat, yeah, yeah. And it's just like it was so pointed because y'all and been insulting. bullying me for for embracing my African culture. Exactly. So I, I wanted to do what y'all wanted me to do. And then y'all are attacking me for doing what y'all wanted me to do because I didn't do the thing that y'all were trying to get me to do so that you could get mad at me for doing what you wanted me to do. <laughs> <laughs> basically. Say that basically, 10 times fast. And you know what? I'm just so happy that she spoke her truth. Because here's the thing. See, they could pull this... With all these other girls, like with, you know, some of these like young women who come in there that they pluck up, but like Yaya knows who the fuck she is. Okay. 100%. Not gonna let them sit there and play her like that. And I love that she stood her ground. And like, I love that she called them out for how tacky that they were being and for how shitty and ugly and cheap that hat was and how she was not going to adorn her beautiful perfect melanated head with such garbage because they wanted to pull a storyline style. I lived for it. 
I absolutely live for it. And if they were turned off, good, because that's what they deserved, because they were acting funky anyway. Rude. I just felt like also, like, especially Becky, like, saying that her um, Africanness was too overbearing. I just felt like that is like the definition of a microaggression. And even Tyra looked at her like, wait a second, what did you just say? Uh, yeah. Yeah. For her girl, she's sitting there looking like some knockoff Stacey London from What Not to Wear with her little blonde streak or whatever. <laughs> Mama, Mama, Becky was not even doing what she needed to be doing in the first place. Like, I was like, what are your credentials? Who was she styling well, at the Becky time? Becky was so adamant about, like, critiquing, like, oh, well, you, people, you're gonna, you're coming off this way and this way, and it's not cute. And it's like, what about how you're coming off? You're supposed to be a professional. You're not, like, I know. you're coming in here and literally, like, bullying these girls and... Um, I don't know. It just was very disturbing to watch. I felt like she was so... I hope to God, wherever she is, she's... she's not doing fashion. Period. <laughs> yeah, let's Google her and see what she's up to these days and if she's really holding up her end of the bargain. Anyway, let's move on to our doll, our sis, our queen, the one only, the one and only Takara. Okay, so the photographer thought that she had great energy, but he didn't think that beauty was her thing. Mr. J and the photographer really couldn't find a frame that worked for her. So at panel, at for the challenge, Takara chose the cowboy hat, and the judges think that she just really didn't try. They were confused that she didn't add her Takara personality into this hat, and Janice believes that this photo is a wrong moment for her and the rings it looks like a tarantula mole she says uh noli says that it's a great photo for the spider and the judges are confused about where takara's personality is ridiculous they just made her go through all this extensive pr training to try and be more polite and she gave them exactly what they trained her to do and then they (laughs) reprimanded her for it immediately and humiliated her in front of all the other girls on that stand um, there was girls that got way worse critiques than hers. Um, her glam, whoever did that that smoky eye, uh, death to them, death to all of them. <laughs> um, she was set up. I swear, this was. They had already said that the world wasn't ready for a plus size top model, and they went and ran with that, and they were ready to get rid of her. I know it was some bullshit. It was really some bullshit. And it's just all like, you're going to ask somebody, like, where's their personality and where are you? And it's just all like, but you're telling me. Meanwhile, she had the best personality of anyone there. She literally made me fall in love with her. She's such a sweet little angel that needs to be protected at all costs. Well, unfortunately, that is not how they felt on America's Next Top Model. Because, unfortunately, this is the episode where we see our favorite girl, Takara, leave the top model house. And it is a damn shame, too. Because you know Takara would have looked stunning in that cell phone shoot that they do in Tokyo. Oh, yeah. She would have... Oh, she just... She would have looked amazing doing everything. She just wouldn't have been so fun to watch. And she would have just been such a light. But... You know what, like, her being such a good sport about it literally brought me to tears, and her saying, you know, um, even though I didn't make it all the way, maybe if I if I just paved the way for one other big girl in the future to to make it farther, then, you know, that means the world to me, and I just was like, oh my god, mm-hmm. queen, mm-hmm. stopping, I'm queen gonna cry energy. again thinking about it. <laughs> just such a queen, absolutely love her, and also, speaking of queens, Farah, thank you so much for coming and joining us today. We love have you. We love, love, love having you here with us. So please remind everyone where they can find you online. Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Shay. This is so fun. Listen, I'll come back anytime. I might actually end up watching the rest of this season with you guys because yes. um, now I'm kind <laughs> of invested, uh, even though I think I remember who wins, but let's not spoil it for our viewers. Um, yes. You all can find me, obviously, on later. Instagram. <laughs> right? <laughs> Literally, like, 17 years later. Um, y'all can find me, of course, on Instagram. I don't post as much as I used to, but I'm trying to come back into the gig. I just needed to get over some stuff during the pandemic. Um, so, Fairrised on Instagram, Twitter, and then I'm trying to do TikTok. So, 
uh, on TikTok, it's Farah underscore Moan. Because um, for some reason, it won't let me have Farahized. But uh, I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in to my little cameo on Shay's podcast. Yes. And don't worry, you all. We will be back with Farah on Thursday to see what she's been getting herself into this year. So thank you all so much for listening. And if you have any top model facts or questions for Maxwell and me, our guests, or even just want to say hi, you can send us an email to beontoppod at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe to Wanna Be On Top wherever you listen and make sure to rate and review the show. It helps us grow, bitch. I'm Shay Coulee. And I'm Max Waspazito. And as always, the question remains, Wanna Wanna Be be On on Top? Wanna Be On Top is not endorsed by America's Next Top Model or any other show's creators, producers, or distributors. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. America's Next Top Model and all names, pictures, audio, and video clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. Wanna Be On Top? Forever! Dog! To listen to Wanna Be On Top? ad-free and Monday early. Sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Wanna Be On Top? Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yes, bitch, I said five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wanna Be On Top is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted by Shea Coulee. Produced by Maxwell Esposito. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Big Dipper, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. 